0: Hi, I'm Jake Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. Jake, once again, recording this intro in L.A. from a bed. I'm in a bed because my back kind of hurts because I went to a restaurant last night that did this really interesting thing where we sort of were sat at a table that was less like chairs at a table you'd eat at and like a couch around a coffee table, which like aesthetically is cute. But like ultimately eating a burger did lead to me in my full my body being like shaped in the full letter C just caved over a sandwich um, which was fine but um, I, I think I, what I'm ultimately saying is I think I did throw my back out eating a burger which is tough um, but what's not tough is this week's episode it's with one of my dearest friends and I know I say that every week but I really do love this person I love the people the other weeks too I'm never lying but I've been very fortunate with my guests you know this week we are talking to one of my dear friends an incredible actress you may know her from younger you may know her from transparent or meant her other wonderful work um she we have gotten so close over the past few years we have the good fortune of living near each other which has been such a blessing um but this is such a great combo. she is a, a star an icon and a light so please enjoy me going out with molly bernard
1: Going to Bergheim like fin- every
0: night. He did. He last weekend of the 24 hours Bergheim is open. He was there for 18. <laughs> he sent me his. He sent me his iPhone step count. He, in one 24 hour period, he took 98,075 no. steps.
1: No, 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 no. no.
0: He, it was oh ridiculous. Um, So the podcast is going to be very, very conversational. We're just going to talk about all things going out. It's very low key. We can talk about whatever we want. It's not, there's no games. There's nothing like that.
1: Say parfait. What if you were like, and we are going to be playing mind games on this podcast. So
0: it is mostly <laughs> riddles and math. <laughs> <laughs> so we can probably just start recording and get into it. You already are recording. Gorgeous. I love it. And we're in. Um. Wait, have you, you, did Nate already talk to you about Berlin?
1: Oh, no. Nate said nothing. I just saw that Nate was in Berlin and I was like, he's obviously going to Berlin, <laughs> like left, right and center. This Absolutely. is what he's doing.
0: Have you been to Berlin?
1: I have been to Berlin. I fucking love Berlin.
0: Everyone. Okay. So this is. Wait, I'm, have you not? No. And this is the conversation and how it goes every single time. <laughs> it's like, what? the thing is, like, I was going to go this time, but it's like I just transitioned to doing comedy full time and doing a big expensive <sighs> trip didn't feel like financially right. Like, I'm not. I'm, this is my, like, I'm just used to now, like, doing. The like you get a job, you live off of that for a minute. You get a new job, so like I was yes. like, I can't comfortably do like a vacation on week three of that. Like, <laughs> it doesn't. It feels a little bit like one irresponsible and a little bit like tempting fate to be like, no, you, you'll we'll put you back in your place if you get too excited. You know what I mean?
1: Ooh, I l- also love the idea of you being like three weeks in. I'm actually really wiped out. I <laughs> need a three week vacation. So I do need and to I I need recharge. To spend, like, two- yeah, and I need to spend two of those three weeks in Berlin and Berghain, so thank you.
0: But Nate, after this trip, Nate was like, I think I'm going to go once a year. So I think, <laughs> like, I think we are going to, I think I'll go with him next year.
1: I will also go with him next year. Okay, It's perfect. my favorite city in the world. It's um, not to get, like, too, I don't know, uh, literary, but I feel like that city is kind of, it, You'll you'll understand it when you go, but... You see its scars everywhere.
0: Wait, that's so interesting. You say that because Nate said the exact same thing where he was like it's so in- you can literally see the history like written on the buildings. Like
1: Yes. And they did this amazing thing with the parks. Like so they have some of the most beautiful parks in the world. And um I think it's Volkspark. It's like a hilly beautiful park. It's like park for the people. It's my favorite park in Berlin even though there are like amazing big parks there. Um I'm pretty sure Volkspark is A hill, and the top of the hill, the reason why it's a hill is because it's rubble from that entire neighborhood that Volkspark now sits on that was bombed and destroyed. So they just piled the rubble and put grass on top and made it into this amazing park. And so it's like this element of reification in Berlin that they're just like, we can make a beautiful space has Nate been to the old, I'm forgetting. what Oh, Tempelhof. It's like, I think it's an old Nazi it, airport.
0: The, yeah. That's like left to be, it's like now just like a, it's like a, it's like still an airfield and there's like planes and you walk yes. around and stuff. Yes. yes. Nate and has been a, there.
1: It is so amazing. That's another example of like a place that was really sour. It has a really terrible history, but there's gardens, there's a public community garden. It's like the best place to go riding your bike. Cause it's flat. Cause it's an airfield. It's it, the the public like reclamation of the city is so, so beautiful
0: I love that I really I, I I mean like I didn't need to be sold on this city because I have been dying to go but you have even like it's in European cities in general I think it's so funny because you you it really shows you how young America is like when you go to the European cities oh, and yeah. you see the history and stuff like when I was in Prague I remember like that was like the big one for me have you been to Prague
1: no, I'm dying to go to Prague.
0: Prague is like so, and like, this is how poisoned my brain is, is I like, I will never forget like standing in like one of like the main square of um Prague where they're like the astronomical clock is and all the stuff. And I was like, it reminds me of Beauty and the Beast. And someone was like, you <laughs> fucking idiot. That's what they base Beauty and the Beast on. Like, it's like Disney. This isn't like Disney based it on something. That's hundreds of years old. You fucking idiot. And I was like, oh, right. Like, my poison brain is like, Disney. And it's like, no, this is, it's like a beautiful historical place.
1: That's like a really wonderful example of what it is to be an American.
0: A hundred percent. It's like, it's like the most, we cannot not view things through a capitalist lens, even when we don't mean to.
1: Particularly Disney.
0: The Disney of it all.
1: The Disney of everything. (laughs) By the way, I went to Disneyland this year in the pandemic with a mask on this summer um, with Hillary and all of my godchildren. And I had so much fun. I had not been since I was a child. And my love, my darling, my Hillary Duff girl got this like, we had, I don't know if they were tour guides but we got to go in front of the line <sighs> for all of the rides. So we got to ride all of the rides
0: that is i'm i mean that's my dream like i love i love rides and i do like i wouldn't say i'm a disney adult but i do think disney world's fun because it's just like no place is putting more money into their rides than disney like they're so and i'm a sucker for anything immersive like immersive theater immersive shows and like most of the disney rides are honestly like immersive theater pieces and i'm such a hog for them so being able to do them all in one day is truly i'm so jealous
1: You need to go be a hog in Southern California and go to Anaheim and go to the Star Wars ride. That's what I
0: want the most.
1: It is immersive. It is like cosplay. I was like, okay, I am. I was like, (laughs) I know I'm an actress and I know I've been on sets, but I am in outer space right now. I, I like transcended.
0: Yeah, if it gets like someone who's like spent most of, like all of their career and their adult life on sets, like, you know, the seams, you know how fake it is. And yet you still were like fully pushed into it.
1: Oh, fully. I was like, and at this point, I am glad I'm on the dose that I am of Prozac. (laughs) Getting me to the next level. I'm experiencing life in real time right now. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) such a healthy way to view your antidepressants being like, these are hitting good right now.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I I take, um, yeah, some days, you know, it's early morning. I take my Prozac and I'm like an hour, two hours later, I'm like, I don't know if I took it. So I should, sometimes i I, I double down by accident, but those are always really good days.
0: Those are, <laughs> is there a, wait, I'm just, I, cause I've, I've never taken, um, an antidepressant. Um, I'm open to it. It just hasn't come up yet in my life. Um, oh, yeah. but is there a comedown if you get high, if you take it like, will the next day you feel a little depleash or is it like, no,
1: no, no, no. And actually the, the day is that I, I think I've rarely done that, but there are some days and it's my, you know, I have to have a sense of humor about it because it actually is extremely helpful. I have really high anxiety. And I, got, I hopped on it a few years ago when I was extremely depressed when Trump was still president and things just were, I don't know. I really, I had a very hard time seeing the positive totally kind of, I just, I could not see through my, fog of like everything sucks um and so I hopped on it and it was really really helpful and now it's just a nice it keeps me from when I get really anxious or if I have any kind of panic attack there's a floor um and so I actually don't feel it I, I think I've probably maybe done a double day like two or three times by accident and I wish I felt it but I do have to joke about it
0: no you I'm have always to. always
1: like Hannah anything can happen today
0: <laughs> feeling a little extra crazy oh yeah yeah I think that's like I think that's also a really helpful health healthy way to frame like it's not changing your it's not actually changing your personality or changing the way you view things or think things it's just giving you a little bit of bumper so you don't fully fall off the edge at times into like these pits of despair that I think can happen
1: totally completely yes It, it does, it is, it is a bumper. I think I'm going to steal that. For me, I always just say the floor thing because I I think folks who are listening who experience panic attacks, when that floor falls, it's like, uh oh, it's the scariest, right? So it just prevents that kind of the scariest part of having anxiety. But yeah, there are days when I'm kind of bumming and I still get to feel depressed. Like I'm not, it doesn't take that away. I don't feel numb. I don't feel
0: totally kind
1: of away from myself. Um, and there's still accountability. I have to meditate. I have to exercise. I have to like, if I just sit around, I'll be depressed. You know, I have to like, remember that the schedule helps, especially when I'm not filming anything,
0: Totally. but
1: it's really helpful. And I've seen also some of my friends over the years who have kind of felt less stigmatized because I've been on it and I'm so open about it that I've really seen big changes in them, you know, if they're really depressed or feeling dysfunctional they get on a drug and it's like, wow, okay, yeah. It just provides a little baseline support. It's
0: just, yeah, it's just a little bit of an extra, it's like a vitamin in a way, like a very strong vitamin that's been very-
1: A very strong <laughs> vitamin, that's right.
0: Well-developed <laughs> through science. So on the note of like, I you just kind of touched on like this, the like structure or like the lack of structure, especially when you're not filming and like kind of like your day-to-day. I'm curious because you and I are friends, we've gone out together several times, but like, I don't really know like your- in your life, what does what role does going out play for you?
1: Like going out, going out?
0: Like but whatever it means to you, does that if it means going out to dinner, if it means going out to going out for a big night out, going out for like a casual drink, like whatever that means to you, like how does that sort of the term going out and the idea of going out play into your day-to-day life?
1: Okay. First of all, I'm a recluse. Mhm. Sign me up to lock my doors, close my windows. Don't let me out of the house. I have two dogs. It's hard to walk the dogs. But then I get out and I'm like, oh my God, I love the world and I love being outside and I love dogs and I love to go out. I, yeah, I also empathize,
0: I empathize with you being a recluse because your home is so gorgeous and I understand wanting to stay inside of it. Like You've created such a nice energy in your home that I get wanting to stay inside of it.
1: That is so nice. I do love this house. It is very hard to leave. Um, no, I love going out. But you love going I, out. Oh, yeah. I also, I don't know. I feel like I'm in this moment in my life, too, where because of the pandemic, I I never used to like drink at home. It was always a thing that I did when I went outside. Out, lol. Outside, when I went outside, when I it was yeah, I would just like step outside and like you know that's that's when I would just open my mouth and then out, you know, I would just drink from the air. You
0: drink like people smoke cigarettes, like you step outside and drink a glass of wine and then go back in.
1: Oh my god, yes. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, guys. I need to take a drink break. <laughs> I need to take a a, a rosé break. Sorry, actually, I should implement those. Um, but now that the world is opening a bit, I have loved going out. Hannah and I just got back from our honeymoon. We fucking went out we had this one night where greece we were in right oh yeah we were in greece by the way talk about old shit that oh place my god is the oldest old. oldest so ancient i was like oh we are walking through ruins truly true ruins um okay but one night in milos on this amazing greek island yes it's real we <laughs> met these two astonishing older gay men and ended up drinking like five bottles of wine.
0: <laughs>
1: it it was exquisite. We had so much fun. This restaurant. Oh, oh, and it all started because our waiter was a self-proclaimed sommelier. And so he was like, this will go great with this. This will go great with this. And we were like, yes, whatever you say, Andros. Give it to us.
0: The word sommelier is so funny to me because everyone learned about it a few years, like in the past like five years. And it's truly a thing. Like when I was working in restaurants, someone would be like, I would be like, so are you the sommelier? And just for the sheer, like, practical application, I'd be like, yes. Like, just, like, just surely for the practical application of, like, it would make you trust me and I just needed you to, like, figure out what wine you wanted and believe me with my answers. It's like, I know about wine. I, I'm, I know what I'm talking about. Am I going to pay, like, the board to certify me and take all the tests? Like, absolutely not. But, like, <laughs> I, for the, like, intensive purposes of what you need to know, like, yes, I am the sommelier tonight. Please, I think you should get the cab, you know?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, get the cab and that's it. I have no other recommendations. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is the only one for you. Um we're, going out in New York for you, what is like a what is like a lovely night for you?
1: That's a great question. Honestly, I love a play and I love a big a big drink and like beautiful meal after. Mm. Possibly at Sardi's. Give me a martini after a Broadway play.
0: It is so Nice, because I think that's, you need to decompress the piece. I think especially someone like you, like, I think you get really charged by it, and you need to talk. At least the one time we saw a show together, it's like, we have to unpack it after, we have to talk.
1: Well, I, can you imagine how depressing it is to see a play, and then have nothing to say about it?
0: I mean, I can't, that's, if, that would be, if I was, I feel like if I was in a play, that would be the most insulting Thing for someone to say after is like, we didn't really have much to say about it after. Like, I'd rather you be furious about it. Like, I would rather it enraged you than to say, like, oh, yeah. I didn't have anything to say.
1: Me too. Me too. I, that's why I loved Slave Play, by the way, because it was so polarizing. People were either all about it or it enraged them.
0: Yes. I, I, that was my experience with it was like, and I feel that way about movies too is like people, like, I, do you know what movie I feel like is really having that right now is Spencer?
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Is be, it out?
0: It's out and I, I adored it. I adored it, but like I've had, I've already had, it's only been out for a week. I've already had like three different conversations with people where it's been like butting heads, like really dissenting opinions on it. Ooh, I, I think, can't
1: wait to watch it. I
0: think that might be just that director because Jackie was the same and it's the guy who did Jackie.
1: Yeah. Did you like Jackie?
0: Lo- I love Jackie. Did you love Jackie?
1: I loved the film. I was put, uh, I don't know. And I love Natalie Portman. It was just, I couldn't I couldn't get into her as Jackie. And I really wanted to because it was like set up for success.
0: Everything about it is so stylized. And I think for some people that like connects them to it. And I think for some people it like takes them out almost. I think that might yeah. be part of it. And for me, it really worked. Also, Spencer, I think, is getting misadvertised. Um, it's a horror film. It's a horror movie. It's a psychological horror. and Oh, it's,
1: that's fun. I mean, her life was kind of a psychological horror. Well,
0: that's kind of why it's genius. And it's so... It's scary. Like I genuinely was like scared at parts and I thought it was so effective. Um,
1: Oh, I love that. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah,
0: it's real good. It's real, real good.
1: (sighs) That is genius. That is really smart to take that story and... Make it a a horror. And like make it unsanitary. It really focuses
0: about like the claustrophobia and like (sighs) the microscope of it all. It's genius. But I think what I'm hearing is that, so a big something that can really make a night out for you and going out for you is having the art piece to talk about, like to bring in. Yes. that's Yes. Like an and I want a you.
1: delicious meal, mostly vegan or vegetarian. Sometimes when I'm on my period, let's do fish. Let's do pescatarian. <laughs> okay. Also sometimes I'm sorry. I'll just say it. I like to go to Williamsburg and I like to go to Mogador and I like to wait in the line Yep. and wait for my nice table and sit down and stay there for hours and have um, their little, I like to get one of their house cocktails, then some wine. I like to do the tagine, the vegetable tagine. Ooh. I like to sit there. I like the hummus. I like the spicy carrots. And I just want to talk about what book are you reading? Who are you seeing? What's going on? What's on your nerves? How's your family? What are we? What are we thinking about? Our dogs. Are you gonna get a dog? Right. Because that's a prerequisite to be, you know, my best friend. You have to have a dog.
0: You have to. <laughs> You you already have such good dogs yourself, though.
1: But I want everyone in my life that I love to experience the same level of just blind joy.
0: I think I... This is why
1: every time I hang out with you, I'm like, so are you guys going to get a dog?
0: No, and we're like really always on the cusp of getting a dog. And I think I need... It's just I'm afraid of the commitment, but I also think I medically need to because I'm... My cat allergy has gotten so unbelievably bad and it breaks my heart because I love cats. I'm more mm-hmm. of a dog person but I do love cats. And I'm desperately afraid I'm going to develop a dog allergy and I think getting no, no. a dog will prevent
1: Inoculate yourself. Yeah. Get a dog. You need a dog like Henry. Henry's like a cat.
0: Well yeah, Henry's, an un- yes. yeah. He's a so national treasure. I could see myself, I could see us getting a dog in the next few years. It's just right now we're Nate and I both just went through like big schedule job changes. I went comedy full time. Wow. He's transitioning his job. So like the schedule is just like shifting, but I think we're hoping in the ne- in the near future and you will know because you're our neighbor. So we will let you know. <laughs>
1: I'm thinking next few months for you guys. I think okay. the next <laughs> few years is a dramatic statement. Next few weeks even.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Maybe a
1: few years. Are you okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I want, I want one so bad. I'm just really afraid of, I'm a, I have a lot of fear around it, but I'm a, I know. I'm a commitment phobe but like got it and i'm uh, whereas you're a recluse. i'm an opposite i'm i try to i like to be out all the time which is like not great for having a dog but that's also changing as i'm getting older so you know who knows but
1: yeah i mean hannah's the same way hannah needs to be going out all the time hannah makes like six plans in one day and i'm always like whoa girl you got to slow down
0: totally but yeah and nate i mean i think that makes sense because nate is like the like I think me and Hannah have that in common where we're like, we're the out, we're moving, we're connecting, we're social, and then you and Nate are a little bit more like, let's chill out, like, you know. But I also, so, but what you were just talking about with Mogador brought up a few interesting things for me, because one, I think Mogador is a great example of a restaurant that has been around forever and can kind of maybe get its eyes rolled out, like, oh, we went to Mogador, or whatever, but... It's a classic for a reason and people love it for a reason. I don't think there should be any shame around going to a place that like is, you know, exactly what you're getting. And if you love it, you love it.
1: Oh yeah. I love it. And I think I grew to love it because I mean, I loved the one in the East village years ago, like Mm -hmm. a decade ago. But then when I was on younger for the past seven years, we would shoot, around Williamsburg in that area all the time. So it was a great place to do a lunch break. And it was an even greater place if we wrapped kind of early, not like in the middle of the night to go after we wrapped and just let loose and have a beautiful dinner. And
0: like have just like that, the release of that. Cause that's so gorgeous. Yeah. And then I, so also what you were talking about those conversations before, are you the kind of person like, cause like, like with, do you have a lot of friends who you, maybe don't keep in touch with like over like on the day-to-day basis. And then it's like, let's do one dinner and like catch up on the past three months. Cause we haven't talked.
1: Yes. I do have some friends like that. And I, I love that's for me. That's like, I'll go to Walter's. We'll do like an all day hang. You know, that's right? my
0: favorite. That's like one of my favorite restaurants of all time.
1: That, it's me too. Me too. It's I like my, it's my happy
0: place. Walter's is like one of my happiest places.
1: Walter's fries. Unbelievable. I mean, I'll travel near and wide, far and wide, far near, far near far near just wide. being
0: in that room the Fort Green Walters that room is like really heaven to me in a Go, absolutely
1: Gorgina I yeah. love that room and it's, they've done a really good job with their outdoor seating too. it's
0: oh it's absolutely everything about it I mean like they're they they're very blessed with location to be on that corner and it's like so Correct. beautiful but everything about that restaurant but I think those friendships to me are one of my most valued truly like mm-hmm, I have a couple mm-hmm. friends like my friend Sabrina it's like We'll keep in touch like very lightly. And then every like b- between three and six months, it's like we're blocking off a whole night. We're sitting down. And it's like that's when we're gonna get the catch up. And I think there's such a love in like it's like I don't feel any pressure to like have to do maintenance on this friendship because we're both busy people, right? Like in the in between. Frankly, like you and I are kind of like this as well, where it's like oh, yeah. we're not gonna text all the day because like we're both busy or whatever. But it's like we know that when we catch up, it's like we're it's gonna be like no times pass. And it's also kind of exciting to be like, I haven't talked to you in three months. Like, what's going on? Catch me up. I everything. know.
1: That day that we met up in like right around here and then we oh, ended up wandering to your house and having like, I wasn't even supposed to hang out with Nate, but we, we ended up sharing that beautiful bottle of wine that those that is an ideal, an ideal day for me. That's an, actually an ideal hang, not even a day, but I prefer an all day hang. I like a hang that starts early in the day and that goes late to like into the night.
0: I agree. I I love that as well. and. That This is kind of validating to me because a lot of the people I've been interviewing for this podcast also like a late hang, but they're looking to start at nine and wrap at like 5 a.m. And because I've been friends with those people and also like I'm doing this podcast, I am like going out and doing the nightlife moments a little bit more. Like I've been been venturing into that world and I can hang, but like is it spiritually and even like chemically necessarily like what is supposed to be happening for my body like no i don't ultimately think so and i agree like meeting somewhere between 11 and 1 and wrapping at like maybe 10 11 12 ish that's heaven to me
1: that is heaven you know what i'm gonna meet you for a brunch maybe even a late brunch okay love it We're going to hang out, we're going to have a little drink at brunch, then we're going to go get a midday coffee or tea Mm -hmm. as we walk to the next location. That could be your house, that could be my house, that could be the other person's house. Okay, Mm -hmm. we sit down, we do some house hangs, we have to walk the dogs, whatever, then we go out, we go out to dinner. Uh Oh, but the place where we have reservations they're not ready for us so we have a drink at the bar okay we've got a drink at the bar how lovely then we sit down drink more go out after to another place where we continue a night of debauchery of friendship of love of celebration and a plus if we're all queer
0: yes a plus if we're all queer and a plus if we got to do all of that and then we're in bed by one and I get to drink some water and I'm not like ill the next day that's
1: right night 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 night. tucked in by one love you yeah Night-night.
0: it's that's i mean it, I, to me that's like so perfect because the length of time is really there's something special about that of like the meander the walk like you're right that hang we had was so gorgeous. we ended up in the backyard we had uh, you know and it's just you that's get to, it for me it's that's it for me too because you get to kind of touch on a lot of different things and you get to kind but of But
1: i guess when i was younger going out i was interested in like not clubs i didn't actually go to clubs until i was kind of older than most of my friends who did some club stuff um but uh, like I guess I, I used to go to a lot of RuPaul's drag race events where I like nice. went out. Um like out out. Yeah, those can um, be kind
0: of like a full rip of a night. Like you can get It's
1: yes. Yeah. You need you need like four days of recovery. There was
0: like a period, there was like a, I would say like maybe four seasons ago, there was a period where Nate and I were going to this one RuPaul's drag race night it's where multiple there was probably like three weeks in a row where we woke up in the morning and we were like who Went home, like we didn't know who had gotten eliminated, and we were like, So we need to dial back. Like, that's not okay. <laughs> that's like, we went out to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, and I can't confidently tell you who got eliminated. Like, that is a little bit of an issue. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's right. That's, I mean, but I also think there, the internet is useful for some things, and I'm so happy you... to do a
0: rewatch. You know,
1: oh, I'm rewatching right now, I'm rewatching um Katya's season, but
0: who Ooh, seven or all stars oh, two. Seven. No, Violet. Nice. Violet. Yeah, the
1: first season. It's fun. It's I forgot how good it was.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a very stacked cast. Oh my god, I know it's so good. It's been so amazing. Drag, drag. Going out for drag in New York is is that's a whole separate sort of category of a night for me. Like that, like that, because you're the energy of that will kind of blow me out. Like I can, st- i then I'm down to be out late. Like that's going to kind of charge me in a way, and like that's going to be a different that. I'm going to eat at home because, like, we're probably not going to go. It's it's a different kind of, like, blowout mm-hmm. of a night, and I love mm-hmm. it.
1: And that's a night that starts late and ends late.
0: It has to. Like, for the good drag, it kind of really has to. Because, like, okay. some of the best drag is going to be, like, you haven't, you probably just are discovering the queens. Because that's, so, one of my favorite things about seeing drag out is when the queen you've never heard from before comes out and Uh, you're like, who the fuck is this? Like, you know, like, and they're blowing you out of the water like that. And for that, you kind of have to be, that's not happening before 11 usually.
1: No, I have to tell you, I shot this movie in the summer um, with Shangela.
0: You told me I'm dying. Um,
1: It was amazing. My dog might be barking and he is. It's not a mite. It's just a fact he's barking.
0: It adds texture.
1: Okay, great. Um, (laughs) So I've got texture in the background it's he's a little guy. I'm just for the painting a picture for the, the listeners at home. He's eight pounds. He's got a big bark. He, I can't, I can't give him a belly rub without giving him a hand job because it's, like, it's so big. Um, okay. Anyways, that's Henry. So I was in Savannah, Georgia, shooting this gay action film with Shangela. My little and dream. It was amazing. And there's this club in Savannah called club one Jefferson. And it's like the drag bar, the drag club. It is amazing. We went out almost every night. And Hannah came for a weekend while I was shooting. And I mean, I don't think we got home until 3 a.m. I, and we, Hannah and I don't really do that. We're, we're kind of like 1 a.m. midnight kind of gals. Yeah. It This was late and yeah. and wild and it was fun. And this, just to your point, there was this drag queen that came out on the stage. What is her name? It. She was, I was like, she's going to be a star. If she does, if someone, I was like someone urgently needs to get this woman on the RuPaul stage, it, 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 it's, good. yes, Malcriada, malcriata her drag is stunning. Okay, I'm she's dying.
0: T- I'm so excited she, to see her.
1: She's tiny. She snatched. She looks like Ariana Grande, but in, like, a good way. Totally. I, I'm dead for her. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so fun. And again, yeah, that was at 1 a.m. Yeah, you she have went to. went on.
0: 'Cause like it's like the the famous queens will go earlier because like that's when the crowd's there for. But like the ones that are hungry and are fighting for it and haven't they're just about to get discovered, like yeah. that oh that's my fucking favorite.
1: By the way, the drag show started at midnight, which well, is perfect. like fantasy, fan, dream stuff.
0: We love that. So you just mentioned you just did a movie. You are an actress.
1: Oh, I'm an actress.
0: <laughs> so I'm curious, like
1: but actually, now I'm just a professional hat maker. I'm just crocheting things. No. <laughs> I'm actually a 90-year-old grandmother. Thank you.
0: When you're not on set, you're just making hats. Correct. <laughs> but I'm curious, is like, because we've never, like, I don't really know that much about like your, I guess for lack of a less pretentious word, process, but like, are you someone who like is taking, when you're doing, if you're playing a role or you have a character, is like your life, out, like when you're offset like, but while you're shooting, affecting like would that affect like if you're going out or not how you're going out would you like how you're kind of living your social life
1: very much i do not go out on days i'm working um weekends are like pretty sacred and in i mean i we did do 7 seasons of younger and towards the last couple seasons i felt a little comfortable having like a glass of wine you know the night before mm-hmm. work um but I used to be really paranoid about um, like drinking and kind of having any kind of compromised mind or headspace the next day, because I do get anxious on set. So I have to, you know, really keep that in check. Um, but so that I mean, that's why weekends are are amazing. But yeah. sometimes our days are so long, they're like 18 hours that we mostly do fraturdays where a friday turns into a saturday yeah so the only weekend day you really have is saturday you sleep in late maybe hang out with friends on saturday night and then back to bed early on sunday for an early sometimes my call times on monday are like 4 30 a.m yeah so, so and, and we and we wrap at 4 a.m on saturday so yeah. it's just kind of a mind Like um like for example when i'm filming my film on Milkwater, or sorry, my film called Milkwater that's on Netflix right now. That was a 22 day shoot, and I didn't see anyone for 22 days.
0: Yeah, like you're just, especially because like you're the star of the film, you're in every scene. Like, yeah, oof, is that? Do you have to do like outside of like not going out and stuff? Especially like in a where you all you're performing, like your your mental and emotional state is part of what you have to bring to work every day. What does the what are you kind of doing? I'm also selfishly acting. This is someone who's like starting to like work. As an actor. I mean, like what do you do to like I love it. Pre, um, preserve and bring that stuff, even though you might not actually have it in terms of like energy or joy or excitement, or even like, or the reverse, like getting, having to do like emotional performances on days when you haven't been sleeping, when you're like really up against the wall.
1: Yes, that is a great question. Um, you know, it's different job to job. Like I, I did a two year stint on Chicago Med where that's like an hour long drama on NBC. And that that required, I ended up having like some dramatic scenes. I thought I was just kind of a quirky med student, but they they ended up liking this character and writing some complicated stuff for her. And that was awesome. But I did find it, that job was a little hard for me to access the emotions or an emotional life, let's say, that was easier for me to kind of enter like my performance in Transparent. That Mm -hmm. that was easier for me. That felt like I was in an amazing play, you know? And Chicago Med, I had to go back to some of my, I went to the Yale School of Drama for acting. Da, da, da. And I, I had to like, sometimes I do have to use like my toolbox rather yeah. than from my emotional life. And also a lot of actors argue that, or there is a school of acting that argues to pull from your own personal emotional life can actually be really traumatizing. Yeah, And then you're left with these like open wounds after whatever heavy dramatic scene you do, you know? Um, Which is why so
0: many acting schools have been kind of called out. I feel like in the past years for being really damaging and exploitative because it's a really unhealthy way of teaching
1: Bit. Right, right. I mean, Stella Adler's whole argument, not that I go by any specific school, but Stella Adler and Strasberg was like, the just imagination. What's going on? If you use your imagination to feel and assess what's going on with the person that you're playing, you will actually probably play that person better, better. than were yeah. you to go from your own shit.
0: Totally. I'm curious, at the Yale School of Drama, what was... Are people like, cause it's, I mean, you're still in college. I mean, I guess it's grad school, but like, are people partying or is it very like, is everyone like serious?
1: No people party hardy. It's a, it's a big party <laughs> situation. It's, it's similar to like me shooting, right? That the weeks are so long. And there would be like months at a time when we were doing crazy, crazy projects that were all time consuming and, no one was sleeping, that it wasn't consistently every weekend, but at least there, there there are a few big parties at the school a year. And those are big time events. Yeah. Like big, big, crazy, beautiful debauchery.
0: I think that's okay. This is satisfying for me to hear because I think I sometimes give myself a complex because I went to like a state school party school and didn't like, I'm an, I'm an, I'm a comedian. I'm an actor. I'm an But like, I did not, I did not like come up in that world. So I think I sometimes, and then I came up in the comedy world, which is a little bit separate. So I think I sometimes view partying, going out, you know, having a drink, going to a bar as like antithetical to like being an artist or being a creative. Oh my
1: gosh, but I no. Th- no,
0: right, right? But it's like, I think it's helpful to remind you, like, oh yeah, they're still ripping it at Yale too.
1: Like <laughs> You've got to, re- I think when you're working exceptionally hard, you have to rip it. And listen, there are yes. times when I don't drink at all. Mm-hmm. When I'm um, completely sober because it's better for me at the time, either mentally, emotionally or artistically. Yep. Then there are other times where I find it's, for me to go out to dinner and know that I'm, you know, working the next day at like 30, 11 a.m. If it's not an early morning call time and if I'm out with like my moms or even Hannah, I'll have a glass of wine. And I the trick is not to punish myself, I think, because I'm such a perfectionist and I take it. So I take my artistry so seriously. Totally. That I have to be very, very careful to walk that line of not just being a monster to myself.
0: Yeah. This is very much what I'm going through right now because I, because I recently transitioned to being a comedian full-time and not working in a restaurant. And so suddenly all seven nights of my week are free. I mean, I have shows, but I don't have like these six-hour restaurant shifts. And so it's like negotiating my time of when am I going out? When am I staying in? When am I drinking? When am I not? I'm also doing shows where you are getting drink tickets and there's drinks behind stage. And so negotiating my new levels of like, because so, I also I need to be writing during the day. I'm working on a million things when I'm not doing shows, so it's like negotiating my self care of in terms of partying and consumption and social life with staying in. And I think such and I think the key, such an important part is not beating yourself up, freaking out, feeling like you're spiraling. Being like, you can assess, you can pause, figure this out,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and move on to the next thing. And it's just been interesting. I mean, I'm still very much in the midst of it right now. I think because I'm on like month three of this or whatever but it's been it's been like a very interesting journey for sure
1: which is why you're ready for a three-month vacation in berlin yeah, i'm gonna
0: go to berlin for three months
1: you've been you've been busy for the past maybe three i'll get months. a dog in go. berlin and i'll bring the. Dog. oh my god <laughs> uh, that's my eye uh, yes that's the dream that is the dream come home go, go to berlin be enchanted come home with a
0: dog come home with a beautiful, beautiful come home dog.
1: with a dog a beautiful german pup They have longer snouts over there. They're cuter than our dogs here. They look German. (laughs) They do. They look very German. Okay, wait. I just want to say that I think, don't forget that like, there's this whole culture of, think about like French salons, right? Like poetry salons. Artists are kind of lushes. Yes. And there's a time and a place, right? That's the thing is that it's- Sure. I mean, listen, the pandemic did a number on me in terms of, oops, now so there was a moment there where I was drinking every night yeah. and I was like, this is great. But then I was also like, no, this is bad. Objectively, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> is it bad? But uh, that's also because I had nothing else to do, you yeah. know, like the rest of the world or the rest of, you know.
0: And it also was a little bit of like, I don't want to talk about it too much because, like, no one wants to talk about the pandemic, but it's also a little bit of like, let me press fast forward in this a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. let me like get this time to pass the fuck by because I really don't want to be sitting in this. Yes. Like,
1: let me just drink night night juice every night <laughs> so that I wake up and the pandemic is over.
0: Yeah. Like, it's like, honestly, like that, not like that, remember that Adam Sandler movie, click? Like, it was that. It was just like being yes, like, oh, fully. fast forward, fast forward. Like,
1: fully, 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 fully. Yeah. But there is this element of like the romance of, experiencing, I don't know, the life of like an artist with my artist friends. Yes. Like I I I was once a part of this amazing group that these are and I would like go out these nights. Um we called ourselves Kevin and it was a bunch of us who went to these like graduate acting programs, maybe seven of us, um, but who were and, and who are working in film and TV, but who wanted, who were really hungry to like not be back in school but still f- nourish ourselves fundamentally as artists so we would do some shakespeare things we would totally. do scene work we would write and just kind of it was really exciting um and those nights we would get together i think for 2 hours and work and play and you know be young struggling artists in new york and then for the anything after the 2 hours everyone brought like a bottle of gin or a bottle of whiskey or a, a bottle of wine. And then we would sit, drink and like discuss art. And those were always my favorite moments of the night because it, it, I don't know, it did. It felt like of a different time. It felt like, um, an artist's salon. And I was like, this is, this is actually amazing.
0: I think there's something interesting about like, cause obviously like you don't need, I would never like, I, I don't, I don't think either of us would ever say like to have those experiences you need to drink. Like alcohol is not, no. no, but I think there is something nice about kind of like for me, sometimes the drink is kind of like the page turn of the transition from like the really heady stuff into being like, and now we're releasing and relaxing. And that sometimes the tonal change of the conversation and the flow, like that brings in new ideas, new, like new perspective. And I think it can be kind of nice sometimes to have that like shift, like,
1: i agree i agree i mean and also let me be very clear like i i really think that at some point in my life i will probably just stop drinking i don't know yeah. when but i i know why i think sometimes i i don't know on the days even if i haven't you know had a ton i do the problem is i love going out and so there are these i love the intimacy that can happen kind mm-hmm. of that you're talking about yes. with like a fun night of drinking with your friends 100%. or new friends you know and it's 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 beautiful but the days that i spend anxious after a night mm-hmm. of consuming algagal like <laughs> i don't know if it's worth it for for it's it's con it's for me it's constantly a negotiation.
0: I feel similarly a lot of times. Like I don't think I, I. I think sometimes like I wonder if that'll ever happen. Like I wonder if I'll ever just like totally stop drinking or like. But but I also, going out is such a. I mean I'm hosting a fucking show about it. Like going out is such a part of my personality, and such yeah. a such a source of like my joy. And I'm like I I don't need to intrinsically drink to do that. But I also have noticed like certain parts of my personality and that surround going out and drinking that used to cause me a lot of anxiety, have as I've gotten older started to quiet and smooth out in ways. I used to be so, especially when I first moved to New York, so constantly in a state of FOMO. Like Hmm. feeling like I needed to be out because I was in New York. And it's a it's an empirical fact that something fun is happening. Somewhere someone's having more fun than you (laughs) at all times. And like there's a place you could be and I felt constantly like i was chasing that and i was going out after that i would like i would in search of that i would go out after work like after like a back-breaking restaurant shift i still felt like i needed to go out because like what the fuck else am i living in new york for and that has faded over time for me as i've gotten older i've gotten more confident as as i've just grown to like build a life that i'm really happy in i don't need to go out in search of that and so i sometimes wonder like and
1: isn't it more fun it's more fun to go out in that mindset
0: infinitely infinitely it's also like why I mean it's also just a product of having roots in this city and having like really strong connections and stuff and like also being really like you and I live in a sick fucking neighborhood I think where like I feel really connected to that neighborhood and I can see people I know and I can see run into people like and there's like a lot of connections there and so I wonder sometimes like I could see a world where like one day I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of done with this. Like the, like the, what the different problems that alcohol can bring up in my life. But I also wonder if sometimes it's like, is my relationship with it just going to develop into something more and more healthy and probably less and less frequent as yeah, I get older. Yeah, I'm sure. And I don't I, know. And I, I guess I, either well, is fine, you know, as long as it never, like, and if it ever becomes a problem, then we'll have to cut it out. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it.
1: Like same. That's like, that's what I think. But totally. I, I also, there, it's so funny. I really... I can't believe it. You know, I'm 33 and I still just like punish myself, even if I've had a gorgeous night out, like our wedding night was the best night. I I was, I was like the ultimate party girl. It was so fun. We had so much fun and then I barfed (laughs) and then I got mad at myself and I punished myself the whole next day. And I was like, girl, you just had a beautiful wedding. And you, you, you ugh, I was so upset. And that there's I was nothing still punishing myself.
0: No, I know what you mean, but it's also like, you like, yeah. And then I barfed, and it's fine, and I didn't die, and I still got married, and I still had a wonderful night. And it's like, you're, are you doing that every night? No, no. The punishing yourself <laughs> is so interesting. Like Nate and I had this conversation really recently because, like, this actually wasn't that recently, but I still think about it a lot. Where it's like, I was, st- um, I started smoking weed a lot before bed to help me fall asleep.
1: Yeah,
0: and Nate was kind of expressed a thought of like, oh, I think like the goal should be that you can fall asleep without any sort of aid. Mm-hmm. And like that it's like less desirable to fall asleep, smoking weed. And I was kind of like, I get what you're saying. At the same time, I have someone who's, Oh, I've always had a lot of anxiety around falling asleep. I used to have a really hard time with it when I was a little kid. And I think there's like residual, like trauma anxiety from it. Because when I'm actually tired, I really don't have a problem falling asleep, but I think, right. I, I think I'm going to. And the weed helps with that. It's just like, it makes me tired and then I fall asleep. And I was like, is this, should I be striving to fall asleep without smoking weed sometimes or am I punishing myself for it? And I don't, you know, it's like, I guess it's hard to find that line a little bit of like, what is, and I'm not smoking weed before I go to bed every single night by any means, but the nights I do, I wake up feeling like, good night of sleep. It would have been better had I not used weed to fall asleep and then I punish myself a little bit for it. And it's like, Mm. is that, Necessary. I know exactly
1: what you're talking about. It's that, it's that, and it's that just momentary, tiny little, it's not that you're thinking about it all day, but it's, it's like, okay, you wake up, you feel great. Oh great. I had a good night of sleep. I shouldn't have done this. The, like I shouldn't have taken a hit of that joint or whatever. I feel like I, I take CBD to fall asleep. It's extremely helpful.
0: Yeah, I do too. I'm just really bad. The, the CBD I like is like at this one grocery store that's over, like it's like one Avenue farther than I normally go. (laughs) And I just always forget to buy more of it. But when I have it, it's phenomenal. It's this oil. It's so good.
1: I actually have been using this CBD. It's like 40 to one. So it's 40 CBD to one THC. That is night, night. Right under the tongue.
0: Is it a drop? Oh, yeah. Nice.
1: Or honestly, last night I took Benadryl. I was feeling anxious and I was like, this needs, I need to go to bed.
0: That is, I think, I've heard that that's fine like once in a while. But if you regularly do it, that's actually like so bad for you.
1: Yeah. I was, I had a whole week of Benadryl nights when I was feeling particularly anxious and then Saturday came around and I was like, I feel yucky. (laughs)
0: It's like your body needs histamines. Like your body does need to use its like immune system.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And also my eyes were like, my lids were like very heavy and it was fully like a gorgeous sunny Saturday a few weeks ago. And I was like, no, this is.
0: And you're a no coffee queen. So that's really hard. (laughs) It was,
1: I, Hannah was like, um, do you want to take a Saturday nap? And
0: I was like, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> She's like, you, I think you need to lay down for a little rest. Yeah, yeah. Night,
1: <laughs> night, napping <That's>... time.
0: <laughs> yeah, the sleep thing, that also, I think, used to be a big reason. I think that pushed me to go out a lot when I was younger, too, was my sleep anxieties. And I think that was the thing I needed to know.
1: You, esca- you were running away from your sleep anxieties?
0: Yeah, because I used to be really <laughs> afraid of, like, having to lay in bed trying to fall asleep, which I don't know why that used to scare me so badly, but... I think it's like it's 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 less so now, but it, there's like vestigial trauma from it where like I I have a knee-jerk response of like, oh, but then you'll have to lay in bed, try and fall asleep. And it's like, yeah, which is what every human does every night of the week, <laughs> their entire yes, fucking lives. But
1: people have severe sleep anxiety. My therapist gave me this brilliant idea um, a few weeks ago. He told me to w- work backwards. So don't think about falling asleep or what time... Don't control my sleep based on the night time, but or the bedtime, rather. Control it based on what time you want to wake up. So if I'm trying to wake up every day at 8 a.m. and I know that I'm like a 9 or 10-hour sleeper, I should definitely go to sleep by 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. And if I do that every week, no matter what, wake up at 8. Not sleep past my alarm. Even if I went to bed the night before at 2 a.m. because I'm a night owl and I love to read and I love to crochet and do all my weird nighttime things um, that after a week it will regulate and so you will start to get tired at 11 or 12 to get your hours to wake up by yeah. 8 and only he was this was the key thing he said only get into bed 10 to 15 minutes before your bedtime because that's when you'll be tired if you lay around for an hour tossing and turning an hour can easily turn into two three and you're panicking
0: that's so interesting. And that's what sucks about, that's like, but, but that does what, that is a challenging thing about our jobs is like, when you're working, you can't do that. Cause you're, no. <laughs> but I guess that makes it more important that when you're off your jobs, you can, you can like be really diligent about like, okay, time to get my body back synced so that it can, I can fuck it up again in six weeks when I go back to my next job. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I mean, right now I'm kind of in a, um, a big transition moment in terms of what's next. I'm just auditioning constantly, totally. which is both wonderful and just so insane. But um, it, that, that, that kind of mindset that my therapist introduced, I wish, I wish I had had that tool like three years ago when I was literally going from project to project with sometimes like three days break. Yeah. Because I always struggled with getting my, I guess now I know and I'm and soon, you know, we'll have kids soon, I guess Hannah and I. So, I'll have that in my arsenal, but I really used to struggle with how to refresh my brain, my body, my mind, um, and then be able to work those extremely long days on set.
0: Yeah, was was having like, were like, were the people you worked with on Younger because everyone else was so seasoned? Were they? Were they? Did you turn to them to be like, "How do you do this?" Because I feel like it, because you booked time. that so quickly after school. I feel like it must have been. I can't imagine just jumping into those hours, full-time, series regular, like from being out of school. Be, like, because yeah. it was just so quick. I feel like that must've been so physically and mentally hard.
1: It It was so hard and it all manifested in like, oh, I was so anxious. I was, I would overwork everything. I was completely obsessed and like regimented about sleep, mm-hmm. panicked that I wasn't gonna sleep enough because the call times were so early yeah, um, and I was not used to that. I'm like a late sleeper, late morning, wake up, love it. Um, so that was intense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I asked everyone how they dealt with it. Mainly, I think it ended up resulting in. Anxiety onset, which now I know and it's taken me, you know, being on a show for seven years to realize that if I'm feeling anxious, I need to spend like five minutes meditating in my trailer, mm-hmm. um, which sounds so actory. But I have to just quiet my mind; otherwise, I will like anxiously monologue at my closest friend on set. Oh, and one season, Hillary was like Molly, I love you so much. Everyone here loves you. You've got to stop worrying, and and at the very least, like stop vocalizing it because it's stressing all of us out. And like we're <sighs> love you, we love you, and she was like, we're rooting for you.
0: That's a good fucking friend. That's She's a amazing. really good friend because I was like people being a like being a loved one to someone who has a lot of anxiety that it can be it can be more harmful to hold space for it too much. To constantly let someone like yeah. feed you that and give you that like to say like this has to stop like you're making because it's like a, it's a form of self you're scratching like a a wound kind of by yeah. like, constantly monologuing on it and it's like you have to cut this off that's a, exactly that's a really good friend to give you that advice i think that's like very powerful it just,
1: i agree it was invaluable i feel like that's the day that i became like an actress i I, mm-hmm. I mean i because i now know yes i went to acting school and all this shit but i've always been anxious and i in order to be a high functioning reliable good natured actor, which is that's kind of how you need to be on set. Yes, you need to be extremely talented or or the hope is that you're extremely talented, but also more importantly, you need to be reliable on set and like calm in the face of insane circumstances and that that you can't train for until you're on set and having a panic attack. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I had to learn how to damn um, make space for that in myself, that it didn't impact others.
0: Yeah, that sounds like it was probably very hard, but very like a very valuable thing to have learned. The, be- on that it, the job. best
1: thing that ever happened to me. Totally. Because now I don't worry. I don't worry about myself on set anymore.
0: And then I would assume that also then bleeds out into your personal life as well, like, and vice versa. Totally. Because it's not just it's not just a work thing at that point. It's also like how do you function? In, it's a life thing. Yeah. It's a life thing. It's a very much a life thing. Yeah. That, i love
1: growing up i love it so it's much
0: it's so healthy it's so, <laughs> growing I up is in that. general a very very healthy healthy thing
1: it's the best i could you couldn't pay me to go back into my 20s
0: oh no i mean i'm i just turned 29 and i'm i like didn't i wasn't miserable in my 20s but like definitely they were like they're a whole th- i'm very ex- i think my, i'm very excited for my 30s is i guess what i will say very you are
1: going to be 30 flirty and, and thriving, thriving.
0: I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited for it. It's I have one year left in my 20s and then we're going to really get it going.
1: 29 was my best year, by the way. You're going to have a ball.
0: I'm enjoying it so far. We're on week two and it's going well. Knock on wood. Um, oh my God. <laughs> But we'll see how it goes. But I'm but I'm very excited. I've loved this. And I think we've landed on a really beautiful theme, which is just like. If you're going out, if you're working, whatever you're doing, like don't punish yourself.
1: No, really, really don't. It's not worth it.
0: You don't deserve a punishment.
1: No, no punishment. Not because, even a punishment pizza.
0: Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is something that when someone says this to me, it always really helps me remember this. You're like tr- people who feel like we deserve punishment. It's because we want to make sure we're like being our best and we're being good. And I don't really believe in a cultural punishment necessarily. I don't know that anyone deserves a punishment, but the people who actually deserve punishment in this world do not think they deserve punishments. So if you think you, if you're the kind of person who cares enough to think you deserve a punishment, you don't. Does that make sense?
1: That is so good. That is so good. Do you know what I mean? Um, I do know what you mean, because like, I don't think like Donald Trump and all of his people and Steve Bannon, they're, you know, they think they're completely under they're God's gift. And in my mind, I'm like, listen, here's what I want for you. I want you to have a bad case of anal, oral, genital herpes. I want there to be no medical professionals around and no medicine to help you. I do not want
0: their flares synced. I want them to be Unsynced, and so one is constantly going and you never know which which one's next and when Absolutely. it's going to happen.
1: Absolutely. I also want them to have several root canals and no access to dental care or medicine. Ooh. I don't wish death. I wish Suffering. pain and discomfort.
0: I know. And I feel the same. And I think on that really positive note, Molly, okay. I <laughs> truly adore you. Thank you so much <laughs> for being here. Um, I'm going to come over soon with treats and say hi to you both and hang out with the dogs. Um, Please, yes. Truly- and I
1: expect... This has been a dream. I expect you to have a dog in four weeks or less.
0: Okay. um, I will let Nate know and we'll figure out what happens.
1: (laughs) Great. Great, great, great.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jay Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seasai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to Vinepair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible.